Hello and welcome to the weekly edition of the Mike Drago Sports Podcast. This is episode 9 for the 2021 Burks football season. We've got a busy week on tap as usual, nine games. The biggest of the weekend is Friday night. It's Wilson at Hempfield for first place in Section 1 of the Lancaster Lebanon League. Uh, we have a couple of special guests today. Doug Doms, the football coach at Wilson, and his counterpart, uh, counterpart George Ager from Hempfield. I'll be talking to George later in the show. First, we have Doug Doms with us. Uh, Doug, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. So uh, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that the Mike Drago Sports Podcast is part, uh, is part of MikeDragoSports.com, which provides Berks County's most comprehensive coverage of football, soccer, basketball, and more. Check out the website to find feature stories, previews of the big games, game reports, and schedules and program histories for all the Berks football teams. You can, can subscribe to the website by going to MikeDragosports.com. The podcast is presented this week and every week by Utilities Employees Credit Union. So let's go to our first guest today, Doug Doms, the coach at Wilson High School for 16 seasons as a head coach, uh, 46 years on staff, and last week... Uh, Doug, I don't even know if you're aware of this. You became the uh, you broke John Gersky's record for most games coached. Were you aware of that? <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> that was uh, game number uh, two hundred in your career. No, they didn't get you bake a cake or anything like that for you. Uh, no, I guess uh, must not have been that important. <laughs> well, hey, big deal uh, to me, obviously. Uh, uh, numbers are always in, important. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, John Gursky, Coach Wilson, for 19 seasons. Tell me, are you you going for that record as well? Uh, the only record I want is Friday night win. That's the only one I'm worried about. Just want to go 1-0 and this week. That's it? Yep. That'll do it. <laughs> that's all. That's always the goal. So uh, tell me, I mean, you've, you've coached uh, a lot of seasons. Like I said, 46 seasons uh, – at Wilson, uh, you've had some, many, many uh, great seasons, uh, a couple of tough ones. The first half of this season, I think, falls into that tough category. You were 2-5. and five. You had a bunch of injuries, lost a close game to Mannheim Central. Uh, tell me, I mean, does this did this feel like it was, you know, it's been one of the more grueling seasons for you? Uh, it's, it's been difficult. I mean, you know, I think sometimes – uh, people get so used to winning, they forget how difficult it is to win all the time. Uh, we certainly, uh, at the beginning of this year, had a rash of injuries. Uh, you know, at one point we had eight or ten starting positions out. And, uh, you know, that's just the dumb luck that comes with playing football. Right. Uh, but it's obviously been a struggle, especially the first half of the year. You know, we have a very... You know, although we have 23 seniors, we have a very young team. We, you know, we start several sophomores, we start a freshman, and that just doesn't happen in Wilson football very often. I, I say this all the time. I, I think people take your success and the success of all the players and coaches that came before you at Wilson uh, for granted. 
you know, they just see that you win every year. You've had uh, 46 consecutive winning seasons. Uh, it's the longest uh, streak in the, in Pennsylvania right now, and, and people just just assume you just roll the roll the ball out there and, and you're you're going to win eight or nine games. It's it's just not quite that easy, is it? No, it's never quite that easy. There's a tremendous amount of work that goes in to get to that point, and you know a little bit of luck, obviously, but uh, it is a lot of work. Right, and it's 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 twenty four seven. It's fifty two weeks a year. I, you know, again, people don't see the work that you do in the off season uh, and that your players do, and they're there every almost every day in the summer, five days a week, training, and and, and the coaches are there with them. Uh, you know, it, it, they they see you on a Friday night, and and if you don't get that fourth and one <laughs> call right or it's not executed well, you know, they may grumble a bit. But what they don't understand is it's. It's a, it's a full-time job, isn't it? It is a marathon, without a doubt. <laughs> you know, it's tremendous commitment on the part of the kids, tremendous commitment on the part of the coaching staff, and a tremendous commitment on the part of the parents. I mentioned the, the 46 consecutive seasons uh, of winning records. Uh, I know it's always an anxious moment for uh, the, the head coach at Wilson and your assistants until you get that sixth win uh, to, you know, to, to clinch a winning season. What, you know, where's that ang anxiety level right now? Um, you know, as compared to some past seasons. Well, usually by this time we have it under control, but you know, because of the slow start that we had and some bad breaks early, uh, we put ourselves in a situation where we still have to win one more to get that winning season guaranteed. Uh, and when you're playing the, uh, the two toughest teams in the league, other than yourself, you know, those last two games, it's, uh, you know, it puts pressure on the kids as well because they don't want to be the team that, you know, loses that streak. Uh, we're we're going to talk about Hempfield in a minute, but first, uh, I mean, the District 3 uh, playoff race is tight as well. You're now uh, ranked number eight in terms of the power rating points. Uh, the top eight go, so that sounds like you're in, but one slip up over the next two weeks and you easily could get bounced and uh, a tough game this week against Hempfield, another one next week against Mannheim Township. Uh, I, I think there's some anxious fans out there, I'm sure, you know, wanting to see that, uh, uh, see you get back to the playoffs. You didn't make it last year when they uh, reduced the field to four teams from eight. Uh Tell me, not making it last year, and especially in the manner in which it went down, uh, how difficult was that to swallow? Well, you know that was a bitter pill because, you know, we lost our first game against, you know, Governor Mifflin and ended up ranked number two in the state in 5A, and then we won the rest of our games, you know, finishing six and one. And at that stage, I think we were one of the best four teams uh, in District 3, but District 3 in its infinite wisdom decided to let Harrisburg's JV game against State College count as a varsity game and would not let us play an additional game. And uh, so we ended up sitting on the outside uh, watching. It was, it, was a, it, was, it was a bitter pill because I thought we earned the right to be there. Uh, yeah, that turned into a travesty the way that uh, Harrisburg was adding games uh, that last week. And like you said, they went to State College and State College didn't play their best players. It just became a joke. And then about 10 minutes after District 3 posts the final uh, 
power rankings and final playoff matchups, Harrisburg opts out because of COVID. So that, it was just a uh, it was a screwed up year. Uh, nobody enjoyed it. It was very difficult. But uh, we're past that to a, to a large extent. Obviously, COVID's still hanging around, and and some teams are um, are forced to lose games this week in Berks County. Hamburg had to. Uh, cancel its game against Twin Valley. So we're not totally out of the woods, but we're in a lot better shape than we were a year ago. So enough of the bad news. Let's talk about the good stuff with Wilson football. And that's three straight wins. Uh, you're in the league play. You're 3-0. and You're alone in first place. It looks good. The standings look good uh, right now. Uh, how do you feel about your team and the way you're playing right now? Well, we're back. In, you know, We're healthy, which is a huge part of it. And, uh, you know, the, the beginning of the year, we have a very inexperienced offensive line, uh, made a lot of mental mistakes. Um, and I think that, you know, we cut back on those quite a bit. Now, we kind of had a little bit of slip up against Cedar Crest last week and started back to uh, turn, turn the ball over way too many times unnecessarily and uh, had a couple of mental snafus offensively that uh, – made the game closer than it was, even though it wasn't that close. But we got to clean that up because we're not going to beat Hempfield or Township if we do that. Now you, you got bailed out or bail, uh, helped out uh, last week by a couple of uh, kick returns by Cam uh, Jones, a punt return, a kickoff return. Uh, you know, he is just an incredible athlete overall. And then as an open field runner, uh, have you had many guys in your program that compare to him and, and who does he, you know, draw comparisons to? Well, we've, we've had some very, very good return men, you know, Jason Cape, uh, Mason McElroy, uh, Jimmy Brooks. I mean, we've had some really good return men, but uh, Cam just is, is smart. You know, he sets up his blocks, he's patient and he, he doesn't, you know, turn on the jets until he has to. And uh, it makes him pretty good at what he does. And unfortunately, he's had, uh, counting the last two games last year and uh, the the games we played so far this year, I think he's had five of them called back that were returning touchdowns. Well, that, <laughs> so That's, that's got to be a record, too. Probably. <laughs> I don't know if they keep that stat, but, you know. Hey, I'll keep it, any stat that's out there. Five kick returns called back by penalties. Uh, and obviously, I mean, it's not his fault. It's the guys in front of him that they're all holding and, and clipping penalties and whatnot. Uh, but boy, that's incredible. What now, what is the Wilson record for total, uh, kick returns in a season? He's got six. Uh, that's probably it because most of the time, like Jimmy Brooks didn't return kickoffs. He just returned punts that year. Jesse poor returned kickoffs. Uh, Mason, Mason McElroy usually only returned uh, punts, Jason Cape. We we try to use different personnel because inevitably somebody with that caliber athletic ability is playing on both sides of the ball, and you're trying to get them a break wherever you can. Right, and you know, Cam is starting at at cornerback, uh, roughly in your set offense. About how much has he been involved this year? Not as much as we like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, we want to get him the ball more frequently, but we've been such a heavy run-oriented offense this year that uh, he doesn't get the he doesn't get his hands in the ball as much offensively as he does uh, as we'd like to. 
Well, I mean, you, you're you're the the boss of the guy calling the plays, so you said he's not getting the ball as much as you'd like. You know, talk to your OC. Well, if we put him, we we don't want to put him at running back because you know he takes enough of a beating and a pounding throughout the course of the game. So you don't want to line him up at running back and have him play another, you know, fifteen or eighteen snaps where he's getting pounded. Because, you know, people also forget he's also our long snapper. You know, so he doesn't leave the field. I know I didn't know he was your long snapper. He's got to be one one of your smaller long snappers. I mean, he's, you know, he's like cornerback wide receiver size. Yeah, but we like to have a kid like that on punts just because they're not allowed to hit him right away. And it gives you a third person, you know, in coverage. You know, it's almost like having a gunner in the middle of the field. Right, so he'll release and he's able to get downfield to cover punts. Correct. Uh, special teams have always been, uh, and especially in the last few years, a, a really big part of the Wilson football program. Uh, do you do you think you spend more time working on that than other programs, or how, what do you attribute the success there? Um, I don't I don't know how much other programs work on it, but you know we spend. Uh, you know, a minimum of 20 minutes a day, sometimes 25 minutes a day on special teams. So, and uh, we make our kids know that it's a very, very important part of the game. And it's, you know, often the difference in the game changer. Yeah. I'm, you know, a blocked punt uh, is a huge game changer. They don't happen very often, but I'll bet you know, the statistics will tell you if you block a punt, you're going to win 90% of the. 90% of the time, and the same with a, a kick return or a punt return. I think that the statistics would favor you. When you get one like you did, uh, you know, last week or you got two, uh, that is such a, a huge uh, swing in momentum there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's – I mean, if you just look at our Exeter game, we were up 14 nothing, and, you know, we had a, a mental lapse, and they took the kickoff. I think, you know, we were ready to buckle them, and they took the kickoff back to our 10-yard line. Gave them all the momentum in the world and kind of deflated us a little bit. And, you know, difference in the game. So, uh, as I mentioned, you're the end of your schedule here in the regular season. Hempfield, Mannheim Township, both ranked ahead of you in the District 3 ratings for now. Uh, does it seem like you've had a, a big game almost every week this year? I mean, you start with Central Dolphin, you go to Governor Mifflin. Uh, then you play Exeter, Mannheim Central, and and even last week Cedar Crest was coming off of a win of Hempfield uh, after they beat Hempfield, so that had to seem like a big game. Uh, this has not been a, a a season where you can at least you know you've been tested. I guess we can say that for sure, right? Well, we knew. I mean, Mifflin has you know arguably one of the best teams they've ever had. Exeter has one of the best teams they've ever had. Mannheim Central's always solid and had a lot to prove after last year. And, uh, you know, Central Dolphin, Central Dolphin, you know. And so, you know, our non-league was brutal, and we knew that. And, and we always think, you know, if we can come out of our non-league three and two or four and one, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, unfortunately, this year we can't have our non-league two and three. Uh, then we had, you know, a couple of uh, – I don't know if I'd call them easy, but easier games with Penn Matter and, and uh, McCaskey. And it kind of then everything kind of worked out because with, with Cedar Crest uh, upsetting Hempfield, that meant our kids had to be pumped up for that game. 
And, and then Hemfield upsets Manheim Township, so we got to get pumped up for that game. And then it's Manheim Township. So, yeah, it's been a big game, you know, probably seven of the ten weeks. You uh, you mentioned Central Dolphin. They have not lost. I don't I don't think they've lost since uh, the season opener when you beat them at Gursky Stadium. Um, give me a, an early preview of the District Three playoffs in Six A. I mean, who who looks who looks like the hot team right now? Uh, I haven't seen Central Dolphin East, but they tell me they're really good, uh, even though they have two losses. Uh, Harrisburg looks like they're moving up the stride. You can't count on Central York with, with Primula at QB. They're undefeated. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Nobody's going to have an easy first-round game. There's not going to be too many blowouts in that first round, if any. Yeah, it looks uh, as wide open as any year I can remember since it's been 6A. I just don't think and, – and, again, as you mentioned, Central York is the only unbeaten team, and they have the best quarterback, uh, and they're ranked number three in the state. But I, I just don't get the feel that they're head and shoulders above anybody. You know, Harrisburg is, is going to be right there. And then you've got the three teams in uh, Section 1 of the LL with yourself and uh, and Hempfield and Mannheim Township. You know, any, any of those – six, seven teams, I think, can, can be in the district final. So I think this is going to be a fun tournament, at least for fans and and, and those of us who are watching it and don't have to uh, get down and dirty on a Friday night and worry too much about the uh, the outcome. So uh, let's get to Hempfield. Uh, they're a team, they have not won a Section 1 championship, I think it's been since 2004. They've always been, you know, a, a one of the, better teams in the section, but they haven't really challenged for, uh, for first place. It's been, uh, you know, Wilson and Mannheim Township have had the stranglehold on that for the, much of the last decade. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Hempfield team? And, and did they catch uh, maybe the rest of the league a little bit by surprise here? Are they uh, sort of an overachieving team? I'm not really surprised by what they're doing. I mean, the, George Edgar, their head coach, coached with us for several years. So, you know, I, I think he took, you know, his background at F&M, his background playing at Township and, and what he learned coaching here and, has, you know, put it all together and put a nice staff together. And uh, I, don't, I don't know that he's got their program where he wants it yet, but he certainly has them moving in the right direction. All right. And then you throw in their quarterback. I mean, when you have a quarterback like uh, the Harbaugh kid, whew, I mean, he's, you know, he's six one two ten. He runs. He's very fast. He, he'll truck you. He doesn't try to avoid you. And, and he's got a really good arm and finds the open receiver. You know, if you look at the game they lost last week against Crest, they just – he just didn't have a great game. And, you know, when you think about it, that can happen to anybody. You know, there's so many really good quarterbacks, and if they don't have a great game – you know, a break here, a break there, a turnover here, a turnover there, which they had a few of, you know, that's the game. So, yeah, it's – George, I think, has them moving in the right direction, and uh, they're going to present a problem for us. Uh, George was on the Wilson staff in 2014 and 2015. Uh, that first season, uh, Bulldogs went 14-1, and one, uh, district championship uh, team. What, what was George coaching for you at that time? George was coaching defensive backs, and he was a sponge. It didn't matter what you did. All he wanted to do was learn. 
you know, he absorbed everything. He, he paid attention offensively, defensively, line calls, defensive line calls, linebacker. He just – he was a sponge. He was a great young coach for, you know, from a learning standpoint. And uh, that uh, – he's, you know, obviously he learned a lot from your program at FNM where he was a, a grad assistant. He, he coached at uh, uh, Manheim Township as well. And here he is at age 34, head coach with the team right in the playoff hunt. A uh, couple of wins away from a section title. Uh, Wilson Bulldogs are going to try to prevent that. You mentioned his quarterback, uh, Cam Harbaugh. Uh, you faced some good running quarterbacks this year. Uh, Max Mosey from Central Dolphin. I think uh, Judd Novak from Mannheim Central ran around pretty well. Uh, so your defense should be prepared for this, right? Well, we certainly have faith. I'll tell you what. I don't remember a year where – Every week it was like, oh, my God, look how good this quarterback is. <laughs> I mean, it's just they've all had them. It's, it's just one of those years where quarterback play has stepped up. I don't know if it's all the off-season stuff or what, but uh, we, we've seen a plethora of really good running quarterbacks and really good passing quarterbacks. So, yeah, we faced it, you know, but, you know, now what, what George has going for him is he has a whole – he has a plethora of not big wide receivers, but really quick – athletic wide receivers and he is there's not just one he's got four or five of them and then he's got a nice set of running backs that he rotates through uh so he keeps everybody fresh you know and uh spreads the ball around and but as their offense goes as hardball goes obviously you mentioned all of the good quarterbacks around uh this season and you know i, I think it's this is kind of an error for good quarterback play well i mean would you say the last few years, the, 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 the level of quarterbacks and especially the dual threat quarterbacks is much higher than it was 20 years ago, 25 years ago? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the quarterback has become with all the RPOs and all the reading that's taking place. Uh, the quarterback has become, you know, so much more a part of the offense other than just handing the ball off or passing. Used to be they would, you know, hand the ball off maybe run two or three times a game and, and throw, you know, another 10, 15, 20 times a game. But now, you know, you have quarterbacks. I think uh, this, I think the, uh, I know the Hempfield quarterback is their leading, you know, he has more, more uh, rushing attempts than the rest of the team combined. So, you know, he's, he's their man. And although most of those are designed runs or is he just uh, sprinting out of the pocket when the things break down? Oh, he does scramble and run on his own, but he's there's an awful lot of design runs in there. Yeah. I mean, well, he's like I said, he's six one two ten. That's that's a bit of a stud for a running back. Right, right. Okay. Doug Doms from Wilson, I appreciate your time. Looks like a great game Friday night. Good luck with that. Thank you. And thanks for joining me on this week's Mike Drago Sports Podcast. Thanks for the coverage, Mike. Thanks, Doug. Take care. All right. We'll see you. Bye. The Mike Drago Sports Podcast is presented this week and every week throughout the football season by our sponsor, Utilities Employees Credit Union. UECU invites you to enjoy low loan rates, competitive deposit rates, member rewards, shopping discounts, roadside assistance, and cell phone protection powered by Bazing. Utilities Employees Credit Union, a powerful new way to save money. Located in Wyomissing or at uecu.org slash checking.
back on the Mike Drago Sports Podcast. Our, our second special guest this week is Hempfield football coach George Ager. George, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being on. It's great to talk to you once again. Uh, just for our, uh, our our Burks football fans who might not be as familiar with your career, George is in his second season as head coach of the Black Knights. He played at Mannheim Township and Franklin Marshall, was an all-state wide receiver for the Blue Streaks, had an outstanding career at FNM as both a kick returner and a wide receiver, and he's got a, a tremendous coaching resume. He was a, a grad assistant at FNM. He coached at Mannheim Township with uh, Mike Melnick and was at Wilson for two seasons, 2014, 2015. George, that 2014 season was really special. Bulldogs won a district championship and reached the state semifinals against Pine Richland and had a lead in that game. Uh, that's a bit of a tough memory, but what, tell me about your recollections from your two seasons at Wilson. Oh, I mean, you know, what What I learned at Wilson, I am trying to emulate at Hempfield. And I know we have a, a long, long, long way to go, but, you know, I truly mean that. Uh, just learn how to win, you know, learn how to do it the right way, how to work hard. Uh, you know, as a, as a young coach, I learned how to game plan, you know, how to run practices, uh, you know, how to be disciplined and hold guys accountable and all the stuff that can help you, uh, you know, be successful in the future. Uh, but from that season, I mean, you know, it, it was it was such a great season, a lot of good memories, a lot of um, really good wins, you know, going against uh, quarterbacks that then went on to the NFL. You know, Taducci uh, was a guy that was at Pine Richland. That, as you mentioned, you know, we were we were probably eight minutes away from from going to the state championship uh, against St. Joe's Prep, but we fell short. But you know, you take a lot of good memories and a lot of uh, things that you can use in your coaching career. So that it was a good time. That was a, a tremendous season for the Bulldogs, one of many, but a 14 and one finish. So those don't come around very often even for a program like Wilson. Uh, uh, George is uh, only 34 years old, the second youngest head coach in the Lancaster London League, according to Jeff Reinhardt, who just pulled me in on that this morning. And uh, George teaches government and at uh, Mannheim Township. And I tell you what, uh, we could have a whole nother podcast talking about uh, U.S. government. Uh, <laughs> that must be really fascinating, especially in this era. Oh, it is. It definitely is. <laughs> All right, well, we'll stick to football. I don't want to get myself in too much trouble here, but uh, we, we spoke uh, in week four before you played Exeter, and you told me that the Heffield Black Knights were a work in progress. You were one, at, one and two at the time, coming off uh, losses to Mannheim Central, Central York, and uh, since then, five and one, you've beaten Warwick, you've beaten Exeter, Last week, you beat Mannheim Township, your alma mater. Uh, what's, you know, what's been the difference from those early weeks of the season to the last month? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, early on, again, we were trying to find ourselves. We had pieces back from last year, uh, but up front, we were a lot different. So we were trying to offensively figure out, you know, ways to be able to run the ball successfully. Uh, you know, and then defensively, just trying to, to get all the new pieces in place. We lost 10 guys from last year. So, you know, we had 10 new guys out there that hadn't had varsity snaps. Uh, we were able to piece it together, you know, midway through the year after playing good teams. You know, one of the reasons I think uh, we were successful in the back end uh, is because we played such good teams in the front end. You know, Dallas Town obviously has some, some great playmakers. That receiver, I think, is one of the best, uh, you know, in, in the state, let alone the district. Uh, and then Manhattan Central obviously playing good ball. 
you know, uh, and then Central York, they have the quarterback that, again, is one of the best players in the state. And then they have a middle linebacker, number 10, who uh, makes a ton of plays. So playing against those good teams really prepared us to go into league play uh, and also non-league play against uh, Warwick in that crossover game. And, you know, I think offensively we, we limited turnovers against Crest. We turned it over four times and we lost, you know, and I think anytime you turn the ball over four times, you're probably going to lose against talented teams. Uh, but we were able to hold on the football. You know, we did that against Manhattan Township. We were able to execute, and then defensively, uh, you know, we were able to tackle. You know, high school football is about tackling, uh, and if, you know, we don't tackle four, if we don't tackle ten, you know, Friday night, we're going to lose. You know, and uh, we were able to do that uh, over the, the back half of the season. Hopefully it continues on Friday. So you're talking about number four. That's Jaden Jones from the uh, Wilson Bulldogs. Number ten is the quarterback, Brad Hoffman. Uh, Bulldogs certainly have a lot of weapons. We'll get to that in a minute, but your, your defense has been very impressive uh, and especially since, as you mentioned, only one guy back from uh, last season, uh, your D coordinator. Is that John Rittinger? Uh, that is actually the O coordinator. Uh, his son is the D coordinator, and that's uh, Jay. Oh, Jay. Who, and Jay was a wide receiver at Township, was he not? Yeah, he was my teammate at Township and Franklin and Marshall. Right. Okay. Well, I remember him as a receiver, so I thought uh, he was on the offensive end. But he's your D <laughs> coordinator. You know, uh, what is it? What is he stressed, and what has he done that's worked so well with so many new faces? I think one thing that he stressed was uh, what I alluded to before: tackling. You know, this is something that we worked on uh, in December. You know, what I mean that you can ask our guys who were out there uh, before we lifted, uh, either in the gym if we had gym time or the cement, and we just worked uh, tackling. You know, fundamental tackling because you know I think a lot of high schools, you know, certainly us, we try to put the ball in our playmakers' hands, and, you know, if you can tackle, uh, then you're going to be successful. So he stressed that and the idea of having limited missed tackles, you know, not letting, you know, very good players make, you know, three, four, five guys miss on the way to the end zone. Uh, so that I think he's done a great job of, and uh, he's a preparer. You know, he's a guy that does all the data and huddle and watches all the film and tries to find ways to put our guys not only in successful positions but take away the other team's strengths. Uh, so, again, I think that preparation really pays off, and he's done a tremendous job. I'm talking with George Ager, the head coach at Hempfield. The uh, Black Knights play Wilson this week. It's a battle for first place in Section 1 of the Lancaster-Lebanon League. And, uh, George, I'm really happy to hear you talk about fundamentals and how important tackling is because if there's one thing that I've seen in football over the years, and I don't want to sound like the old guy sitting in the stands, <laughs> but it's uh, tackling – has, has the fundamentals have gone astray and, and the, there are poor tackling techniques. And, you know, to me, you have to, you got to start with the basics and that's blocking and tackling. I mean, all the other X's and O's and the spread offenses and, you know, throwing the ball downfield, that's great and that's exciting. But if you can't do the basics, none of that other stuff matters. Who, who, uh, who stressed that early in your career uh, that, that you came to this mindset? Oh, I think uh, it, was, it was basically two individuals. You know, one was Mike Melnick, you know, and I know uh, he spent time uh, in the Wilson Bulldog program and teaching and his wife was a teacher in Wilson. Uh, so he knew that if we were ever going to compete with the likes of schools like Wilson, that we were going to have to block and tackle, as you said. So he was one huge influence. And the second one uh, was certainly John Troxel. John Troxel, uh, he's a head coach at, at Franklin and Marshall. And again, both those guys are mentors. Uh, but Troxel really just, you know, exactly what you said. He said, look, you know, all these offenses and all these defenses, you know, it comes down to do you have players that can make plays? You know, do you have players that can tackle? 
So when you have talent, you can do more and you can be creative and this and that and the other. Uh, but it, it just comes down to fundamentals. And, you know, at the high school level, we certainly don't recruit. So, you know, we get just the guys that we have. So if we're not teaching those fundamentals, you know, all you're doing is praying to get a good class of athlete. Uh, and that doesn't come along all the time. So, you know, to be sustainable, you have to have fundamentals. And, you know, I truly learned that at Wilson as well. Uh, I'll mention Doug, too, because it's the truth. You know, Doug does it year in, year out. You know, I think people think from a distance he produces Chad Honey's every year. But, you know, Chad Honey was 15 years ago, you know, more than that. Uh, he just does it with with guys that, that know the fundamentals. So those would be the three individuals I'd say that stress it the most to me. You mentioned Doug Doms. Tell me, uh, what kind of boss is he as a head coach and, and, and your experience as an assistant coach? What was it like to work for him? Uh, it, was, it was tremendous. You know, I can't say enough good things about Doug. You know, I mean that, you know, with, with his success uh, and things that he's done in his career, he took me in and treated me like I was a 30 year assistant. You know, I mean that. So I have, I have great respect for that. You know, that's something I'm trying to do now, you know, as a, as a coach myself. But I really have a lot of respect for the way he treated me as an equal, you know, and somebody that obviously would be considered an outsider, you know, from Manheim Township, not from Berks County, not from Wilson. Uh, he accepted me with open arms, you know, and. Uh, he's just he's he's great. He holds you accountable, uh, but he does, he isn't just a good job guy. He he makes you get better as a, as a coach. He challenges you. He gives you goals. Uh, and again, he holds you accountable. So you know, not only did I learn a lot, but you know, he was able to push me to be a better coach. Uh, and, and he helped me improve to be a better coach to the point where I felt comfortable. I could do it on my own. You know, if I didn't work for Doug, uh, you know, I don't know if I would have went for this job. But I learned so much from him and the staff. Uh, that I felt like, you know what, maybe I can use this and, and see how it works. And here I am trying to be like Doug, in all honesty. Well, he's a tremendous role model, whether you're a teacher, a football coach, a father, whatever. Uh, Doug Doms would definitely be the guy you would want to emulate. He he seems like uh, someone who would be good to coach for in that he respects his assistants and he lets them he lets them coach. He lets them do do their job. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you put the nail on the head. You know, I think Jeremy Palm and uh, Ernie Walber would certainly agree with you. You know, obviously, Doug has things that he wants done his way, as he should as a head coach. Uh, but he truly gives, you know, Jeremy and Ernie and everybody else on staff the freedom to, to coach, the freedom to uh, be creative, the freedom to try to put positions uh, or players in positions to be successful. Uh, you know, and as an assistant, that's what you want. You know, you don't want to just be told what to do because then it's like you're you're not really coaching. You're just mimicking the head guy. Uh, so I truly took that away from Doug as well, the idea of trusting your coaches because if you don't, you know, why'd you hire him? Uh, you should uh, have Doug come in and talk to your uh, your uh, government class. I think he's he'd have a few interesting things to say about the the, the state of politics today in in the nation's capital. But uh, hey, I said I'm not going to get into that. So let's. let's well, I'll say on. this though about Doug. I'll say the thing that people don't know about Doug is that he he's a genius. He knows everything about everything. You know, I went over and I was teaching history at Wilson. You know, and he was teaching me about the content. You know, he's just a, he's a very smart guy. He is. It's, he, he's, he's, football is only like 5% of what makes uh, Doug such an interesting guy. It's, it's amazing. He is a, a true renaissance man. But uh, let's go back to football and back to the, the Hempfield Black Knights. This is really impressive. Of the 10, 10 teams on your schedule, nine of them have winning records. And your strength of schedule, uh, it's uh, – the opponents 
that you've on your on your schedule they have a 716 winning percentage that's the second highest in all of district three were you aware of that uh not the specific statistics you gave but we were aware of of our schedule i mean we joked around as a staff that you know uh i've been coaching for for 11 or 12 years uh and a lot of guys on my staff have been coaching for 20 plus years you know and we all kind of said that this has been one season where Week in and week out, it's been a dogfight, you know, and I mean that, you know, out of our out of our eight games, seven of them have literally come down in the fourth quarter, been nail biters, you know, and I, I jumped around and said, I don't know how long I can last. But, uh, you know, we, we were aware of the tough schedule. And if we can reach our goal, which is going to be tough, but if we can reach our goal and somehow get in, uh, I think we'll be prepared for the district playoffs. Well, I mean, you've done nothing but play playoff uh, teams <laughs> all season. You know, when you put as on your non-league schedule, Warwick, Exeter, Central York, Mannheim Central. Uh, that's a that's a handful, and you know you're you're facing. And Warwick is at at the top of its game the last five years with their program. Uh, same with Central York. This is one of Exeter's best teams, if if not its best team. And then you know Mannheim Central is always good. So you knew coming in this was going to be a a difficult season, correct? Oh no doubt, no doubt about it. And we you know, and I think most staffs will tell you. We went through the scenarios. We went through, hey, best case, you know, worst case. And worst case, we were thinking over, you know, in all honesty. Uh, you know, if you think about it, we were a couple plays away. We could have lost to Dallas Town. You know, uh, there are other, you know, we could have lost to Warwick. Some of the wins, uh, certainly we could have lost. So you play it out in your head. And in all honesty, uh, we came out pretty favorably. We really did. We thought, you know what, with this type of schedule, if we can fight to be around 500, you know, claw, win some games. Uh, it should give us the chance to, to go to districts, and that's exactly where we're at. You know, if we if we lose the next two, we don't get in. You know, uh, if we win one, I think we got a chance. If we win the next two, we're definitely in. So that's kind of what we've been preaching to our players. But, you know, you can't look at, at the second win until you get one, uh, you know, before that. So we're just trying to, to get to six. That's been the theme all week, get to six wins. Last week was a huge one for many respects. You beat Mannheim Township 17 to 14. And uh, trust me, you're very popular in West Lawn after that. Uh, the Bulldog <laughs> fans were really happy to see Township go down um, because that's been the Bulldogs' number one rival for the last 10 years. And, and Township's really the only team that's consistently beaten them uh, since Mark Evans has gotten there. He's done a tremendous job at Township. Uh, that had to be, I mean, a special game for you and for a lot of reasons. One, it's it's a W on a Friday night. Two, you beat a very good opponent. And and three, you, you played there. Uh, walking into that stadium, first time as a head coach, I believe, what were the emotions like for you? Uh, you know, they were certainly mixed emotions, without a doubt. You know, but uh, I was joking around with uh, Jay, who also played at Man Township. You know, it, it's so different. Like, first of all, we played on grass. You know, now Township has turf. Uh, second of all, we played for Mike Melnick, and, you know, now it's Coach Evans, who I have a great respect for. He's a, he's a great mentor. You know, but uh, other than that, though, it did look a lot uh, the same, and, and Jay and I jo just joked around about, you know, who would have thought uh, 15 years ago when we were in high school that we'd be both coaching for Hemfield trying to beat our alma mater. So uh, it was certainly, certainly mixed emotions. But as you pointed out, uh, it was an exhilarating win. You know, and in all honesty, most importantly, because now it gives us a chance to truly get into the district playoffs. You know, if you're sitting at at four, uh, that's not a good place to be. But now sitting at five, you know, if we can again, like I said, try to get to six, that gives us a chance. Uh, so that's what I was most happy about, in all honesty, to just try to keep this ride alive with our guys. Uh, and then secondly, you know, obviously beating, beating a really good opponent that has had our number. 
you know, and you alluded to the fact that uh, sometimes they've had Wilson's number in the past, uh, but, you know, they beat us eight straight years. And before that, they, they, you know, went on certain runs where, you know, we weren't even close with them. I think the uh, last five years, uh, we had just gotten beat down. You know, I know personally, uh, I was embarrassed based off of last year. I was 28th, nothing uh, in the first quarter. You know, it's humbling and it makes you feel, you know, like you're this big. Uh, so that was big to overcome that, you know, and obviously beating a talented coach like Mark Evans. He, he's truly a great guy. Uh, he's a mentor of mine, you know, uh, and again, just to, to beat a well-coached team like him, you know, gives you some momentum, hopefully moving forward. We're talking to George Ager, the head coach at Hempfield High School, getting ready to play Wilson uh, Friday night in a big Section 1 battle. Uh, you're listening to the Mike Drago Sports Podcast, a weekly feature of MikeDragoSports.com, uh, brought to you this week and every week by Utilities Employees Credit Union. Uh, George, did your, your players get a sense of how important that game was to you last week, uh, you know, beyond just uh, being – uh, a big win to get into districts, but the fact that, you know, you were returning to your alma mater, do they, you know, do they pick up on that? You know what, in all honesty, Mike, I hope not because, you know, I, I try to make it all about them. You know what I mean? I, I really do. Uh, and, you know, obviously uh, it was a big moment for me going back to my alma mater, but, you know, it was more important for them to get that win just for what it means for the season and what it means for those seniors that have worked hard and what it means for coming back from, you know, such a bad defeat from last year. Uh, I think they do, though, to answer your question. I really do. I think they know that, you know, when you're going back to your alma mater, you always feel like you have something to prove. Uh, and I think it sparked them a little bit. I really do. Uh, but I can tell you this, though. Uh, you could throw out many different reasons, uh, but they wanted to win. They certainly wanted to win. They were they were focused. You know, and I told the guys, you know, we need that same mindset to have a chance to be a very, very good Wilson team. So uh, talking to Doug Doms uh, earlier in the week, uh, we he was talking about your offense and, and your team, and, and he said that your quarterback, uh, quarterback uh, Cam Harbaugh, he thinks he's the best quarterback in the section. Uh, I got a feeling you're not going to disagree with that. Tell me a little, <laughs> tell me a little bit about Cam and, and what he's done for you. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I certainly would agree with Doug, but, you know, I'm biased. I, you know, I think he's the best in the state. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think what makes Cam such a great player – uh, is yes, he has physical attributes. He, uh, you know, he, he has decent size. Uh, he has deceptive speed. He has deceptive strength and he can obviously run and pass. Uh, but really it's his work ethic. And I mean, uh, you know, he's a kid that what you preach to your team, he does, you know, he doesn't miss anything. He's in the all season workouts, you know, starting in November when you start lifting back up, uh, he's there. You know, when you do the morning workouts in the gym, throwing the football, trying to get timing down, he's there. You know, when you have summer workouts, uh, he's there. You know, he obviously has individual goals. Uh, he's going to have a chance to play at the next level, uh, as he should. But he doesn't let that get in the way of the team. And I think, you know, that's that's why he's such a great player, because guys want to make plays for him. You know, guys don't want to let him down. Guys want to block for him. Guys want to catch the ball for him uh, because he's earned that respect. You know, he really has. And he's a captain for us. He's a member of our leadership council. Uh, so, again, you know, while – Doug and everybody sees the, the physical attributes, which again, he's phenomenal. You know, what I see is a guy that's just a winner. You know, he's a winner uh, because he's worked hard. And I think that's a, a trait that's going to uh, get him to be a winner long, 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 long after uh, this senior season. Hard work never goes out of style, no, no matter what business you're in or uh, what sport you're playing. It always helps. Uh, Cam has offers from uh, Butler and uh, just recently Val, Valparaiso. I'm going to guess he's going to get a few more here before things are done, right? You'd like to think so. I mean, I, I truly believe in him. You know, I know he's not 
six, four or five, like they might be looking for. Uh, so like you said, you, you'd hope that some would come either from some D one double A's or some PSACs uh, in the future. Okay. Let's uh, talk about Wilson and, and the job your defense has uh, this week. Uh, Jaden Jones, you mentioned number four earlier. Uh, tell me about him and uh, you know, how do you slow him down? Well, if you, if you know, let me know. <laughs> um, you know, Jaden is uh is a big, strong, physical running back. You know, he's a guy that if you do not get your body on him, you're not going to tackle him, you know, and he, he's athletic too. It's not like he, he can't move. He can. So if you give him, you know, a little bit of space, not only does he get through, but you know, he'll move anything in, in its path, you know, so we're just trying to swarm to the football. We really are. We're just tr- going to try to get as many hats as we can, you know, and hopefully uh, by, by gang tackling and by rally tackling, uh, you know, we can get to him. And of course, you know, in certain instances, uh, you know, especially our skill guys having to get the legs and wrap, you know, if, uh, if you hit a guy like that up top, he's going to run through you. So the idea of, you know, getting to the legs, holding on and, and twisting, like, you know, your traditional Hulk roll tackle. Uh, but you know, it comes back to just getting hats to the football, more guys there, better chance we have. Uh, a running back like uh, Jaden, you know, once he gets that first second step and he's past the line, he's going to be tough to bring down. So you want to you want to get to him early. Tell, give me an assessment of your defensive line, how it's going to match up with Wilson's front line. I think it's just going to be a fist fight. I really do. You know, if you look at Wilson, and it's no different from Wilson uh, year after year after year. You know, they're they're physical. They get their hands on you. They take good steps. Uh, they have schemes where they're pulling guys and hitting you know, for different angles. So I think defensive line-wise, we really just stress the idea of getting hands-on and reacting to the football. You know, uh, if you get hands-on and, and uh, you're in a position of power, you know, obviously extend and then try to find the football. Because, again, with so many guys pulling in this direction and going different ways, uh, you have to find the football. And if you let them get into your body, you know, you can't separate, and that's when they just drive you and drive you and drive you. So, you know, our idea is to play with our hands, extend, and if we extend and there's space between, you know, hopefully find football, shed the blocker, uh, and hopefully make play if we can. So you mentioned number four, Jaden Jones. You got to talk about number one, his brother, Cam Jones, uh, a real threat in the uh, special teams game. He had a pair of uh, touchdowns last week, one on a punt return, one on a kickoff return. He's taken six back to the house this year. Uh, are you going to kick to him Friday night? <laughs> you already know the answer to that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he is a tremendous athlete. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he either took another one back or got close, but there's penalties that called it back. So um, against Crest, that is. So, I mean, he, he's tremendously dynamic. You know, uh, it's harder than people think. You know, the goal is obviously not to, to kick to him. But, you know, I think uh, if – if we do, it's a mistake because we don't want to. We don't want to, so there's no chance that that we want to get the ball in his hands. Uh, but obviously, like an athlete like him, if he does get the ball in his hands, you know, we, we got to swarm to the football. Uh, just a, a guy that can change the game in a second, you know, and again, we don't want that to happen. We, we have stressed it all week. We know the importance of, of special teams, and we know how dynamic he is, uh, and we do not, do not, do not want to let him break a game open uh, with his athletic ability because he's a special talent. Yeah, the, uh, those can be backbreakers, uh, special teams plays, block punts, kickoff returns, punt returns. Uh, they're, they're just killers, and you, and you can't it's, – it's, you're fighting uphill all night when you give up uh, plays like that. So Cam has six touchdowns off of the kicking game this year and in eight weeks. That's already a Wilson record. He also has another Wilson record, which Doug Dom shared with me earlier in the broadcast – 
he's had five kicks over the last two seasons um, uh, called back by penalties. Five times he scored on kicks and they were called back. So, you know, you've got that to look forward to. (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) Tell me, special teams uh, is such a critical part of the game, but at the high school level, you don't have uh, endless amounts of time to, to prepare your team you know, during the week, how, how much time do you devote to special teams? A decent amount. You know, I would say that, uh, that we, we do two a day and we do field goal PAT every day, you know, because it's that important, you know, uh, again, when you're looking at uh, a week of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, on Tuesday, we'll do two on, uh, Wednesday, we'll do two of the main ones. Uh, and then on Thursday, we'll do them all, but then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll do field goal PAT, uh, every day, just because those are points. Those are points that you have to have, as you mentioned, you know, uh, hitting a field goal or hitting an extra point that can be the difference in a game. Uh, but to your point, special teams are truly important, you know, uh, and if you if you look at it, Wilson does a tremendous job. I mean, you mentioned Cam, uh, but from being there uh, and, and from running our punt team, you know, I know Doug's going to bring pressure. That's what he does best. He does a great job of trying to block punts. Uh, so trust me, that's kept me up at night how to protect uh, but that's another thing that I learned from Doug, the importance of special teams. Uh, and, you know, we, we spend uh, a lot of time on it. We, we think it's important. You know, if you look back, even some of the games we were in, special teams came up huge. You know, either executing a field goal or, you know, having one blocked or blocking one or, or you know, against Central York, we had a pump block for a touchdown and they returned it. Uh, you know, and that was a huge play in that game. So uh, you have to spend a, a lot of time on it. You know, but but as you mentioned, it is stressful to try to figure out when, you know, because everybody thinks about offense and defense, you know, so we set aside uh, a solid 20, 30 minutes a day. Now, you've been on staffs at at Township, Hempfield with another head coach. You you coached in college and at Wilson. Uh, Did did Wilson seem to spend more times on special teams than anybody else? Or has it been about the same at most of your stops? You know what? In all honesty, uh, and again, you, you mentioned the places I've been, and they've been they've been very successful programs. It's been about the same. It really has. Uh, you know, but the thing with Doug, though, the Doug, Doug preaches just the, the the details. He really does. He makes sure that everybody knows exactly their assignments, and that's truly what I picked up from him. Uh, but you know, John Troxel in, in college, it's a tad different because uh, you got O and D, and they're kind of separated, and then you come together. But he he spends a tremendous amount from it as well. And he's actually a guy that, that I took our punk team from, you know, I, uh, he sat and he talked to me on the phone for an hour and a half when I got this job and he walked me through the details of, uh, you know, this punt. And that's what I do. I, I run his punt. Um, but, and again, Mike Melnick was a former kicker at Michigan, you know, so uh, as a player, I knew the importance of special teams through him. You know, I really did. Uh, and again, I, I've taken from all those programs and, and, tried to do what they do here. You know, in all honesty, there's not an original thought I had. It's all either Mike Melnick, Doug Doms, John Troxel, even Ron Zieber, you know, everybody that I've been at trying to steal what they do. Well, you know, nobody's really had an original thought in football since <laughs> Pop Warner. So uh, it's just everybody's stealing from one another, and, and that's how you learn. But, you know, you, you got to steal from the best. you gotta, you got to sure. look at what Doug Doms is doing and, and the top coaches in the college game and the program uh, and, you know, learn from them, steal from them, and, and, and then you got to get your kids to execute it. That's, that's the key part. Well said. Well said. So, George, before I let you go, uh, I don't want to look too far ahead here, but next season is going to be very exciting in the Lancaster 11 League, at least for Berks County football, because 13 Berks teams are 
uh, joining the Lancaster Lemon League as associate members. Uh, there'll be uh, at least one team in each section. I believe, Hempfield, now you're going to stay in Section 1, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, correct. So not a whole lot will change for you. Reading High will, will be added to the Section 1 mix. Um, but how do you how do you look at that that for the league? What are you you know what are you hearing from the other people around the league in terms of uh, interest with this and uh, how people are anticipating how this is going to break down? Uh, I think you know obviously uh, from a fan standpoint, I think fans are really excited. You know, everybody I talk to, especially people that have followed the league. I mean, Mike, I know you know uh, Governor Mifflin was in the LL. You know, Reading was in the LL. So for Section 1, you know, minus Mifflin, who won't be in uh, Section 1, it's kind of returning back to what it was. Um, but uh, fans know that there's such good teams in Berks County. You mentioned them all already, Wilson, Exeter. You know, why I'm missing them. I'm, I'm friends with Frank Ferrandino over there, whose uh, daughter plays for my wife at FNM Field Hockey. Uh, so, you know, I know that there's a lot of excitement. You know, from coaches, we know that those are great guys. You know, I know – Coach Lang and, and uh, other coaches from Berks County. And, you know, they're guys that you can talk to, uh, not even about football, and they're just good people. So I'm looking forward to, to having that, that camaraderie. You know, but also as a coach, I can tell you that, you know, certainly guys are nervous. You know, it's going to be a, a hectic with, with good teams coming in. You know, it's going to be like playing a district playoff game every week. Uh, so I think, again, that serves a great purpose for the fans because they're going to see exciting games. You know, coaches – it's going to kind of be like the year we talked about, Mike, where week in, week out, it's like, here we go again. You know, here's a really good team. Uh, but I think, again, it, it's good for it's good for everybody. It's a win-win. Should elevate, you know, other programs to try to match the success of the people they're going against. Uh, and, again, having good people around each other is never a bad thing. Well, the uh, the teams that are going to be in Section 2 next year, most of the 5A teams, I think they're fortunate that the, uh, the merger – didn't take place for this season because because <laughs> Governor Mifflin has a killer team. I'll tell you that, and you don't want to play them. And next year they'll they'll be back to earth. They'll be back among the the mere mortals. But right now they're they're playing at a very high level, as everyone knows, and uh, and they're going to be playing a lot more games. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, it's really going to be great for the Berks League, and more so on the other end. Now, like as I said, Section One, not a whole lot's going to change there. Reading, Reading High is going to come in. That's not going to really be very impactful in terms of section one it's still going to be you know wilson and township and now hemfield has, has made itself known as a top contender i appreciate that yeah, th- yeah those teams are going to be the at the top uh, most years but uh what where this is going to really work out well is for the smallest schools in section five the schools that here in berks county like kutztown and schuylkill valley and hamburg that have trouble fielding you know rosters of more than 30 35 kids and they will be able to play uh, like-minded programs at uh, at some of the smaller schools in Lancaster County as well. Uh, you know the teams that that have the same similar struggles like Anvil Cleona putting guys mm-hmm. enough guys on the field. And that's going to be good for them to have some real competition where they don't have to go out and schedule people that they know they they can't compete sure. with. So uh, we're we're all looking forward to that. George, this has been a lot of fun talking football with you. I wish you good luck Friday night and the rest of the season. Hope to see your team make the district playoffs. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me. I appreciate all you do. You know, I've told you that before. I think what you do for for high school sports in general, especially football, is awesome. So thank you for having me, and best luck to you as well. Thanks. That's uh, George Ager, head football coach at Hempfield High School. It was great hearing from George Ager and Doug Doms. They'll be playing each other Friday night. Biggest game of the Week 9 
schedule in Berks County. Uh, just a reminder, the Mike Drago Sportscast is presented this week and every week throughout the football season by our sponsor, Utilities Employees Credit Union. UECU invites you to enjoy low loan rates, competitive deposit rates, member rewards, shopping discounts, roadside assistance, and cell phone protection powered by Buzzing. Utilities Employees Credit Union, a powerful new way to save money. Located in Wyomissing or at uecu.org slash checking. So let's uh, just break down the week nine schedule, nine games. Uh, eight on Friday night, one on Saturday. Saturday, that means, of course, why Missing's playing at home. They'll have uh, Schuylkill Valley. Uh, Friday night, um, uh, a bunch of uh, games. They're not as important in terms of league play. Uh, Section 1 and, and uh, the Berks Football League, of course, coming down to Governor Mifflin. They will end next week with Berks Catholic. The Saints still have a chance if they can pull off the upset to uh, tie for the section title. Uh, section two is going to come down to Conrad Weiser visiting Wyomissing in week 10. Uh, again, the, uh, the uh, scouts will have a chance to uh, tie for first if they can pull off that upset. Uh, this week, Friday night, Governor Mifflin, number one ranked team in the state, host Daniel Boone. The Blazers have won five out of six games. They're on the cusp of a District 3 playoff spot, but they have uh, their work cut out for them. I mean, they play Mifflin this week and then Exeter next week. So that is certainly not going to not going to be easy for the Blazers. Uh, if they lose both games, uh, they will be definitely on the bubble in terms of their District 3 playoff hopes. Uh, Twin Valley and Hamburg were scheduled to play. That game is now off due to a COVID situation at Hamburg. Twin Valley has not been able to find a replacement game, so they may not be playing. Uh, another big game in terms of District 3, it's Upper Dolphin at Fleetwood. The Tigers are number 13 in uh, District 3 Class 5A. Uh, they play an Upper Dolphin team that's won five in a row and is uh, one of the top-ranked uh, Class AA teams. Uh, big game again for the Tigers as they try to get back to the district playoffs. Uh, at Laureldale, it's Berks Catholic at Muhlenberg. Saints are number two in the District 3 4A rankings. Uh, they're trying to hold on to uh, one of the uh, top spots um, so that they can get a first round bye in the district playoffs. And again, they finish with Mifflin next week. Uh, we have Reading High at Exeter. Exeter is currently ranked number eight in the district three class 5A playoffs. Uh, if the Eagles can win out, they're certainly going to grab one of the top eight spots, which means they will be opening at home. They'd like to get away from that number eight or seven spot so that they don't have to uh, uh, head to the number one seed in the, uh, in the second round there. Uh, Kutztown plays at Conrad Weiser. Scouts also in the running for a top spot in class 4A. They're sitting at number five. The top six teams get buys. And in the Pac-10, it's Boyertown at Norristown. Uh, check out MikeDragosports.com Friday night for scores and stories on all of the games. So that is going to be it for week nine. We're going to wrap things up now. Just to uh, remind you, we're here every week to talk Burks football. Uh, still lots of football to go. Playoffs two weeks, uh, three weeks away. Uh, we're going to have quite a few teams in the district playoffs. If the playoffs started today, 
uh, Berks County would have 11 of its 14 teams in districts, which would be a record. We've never had more than nine teams make districts. If you go on the uh, website uh, right now, you can read about that, MikeDragoSports.com. I have a breakdown of the District 3 playoffs. Uh, also, uh, interesting story on former Wilson defensive end, Austin Rosa, who is uh, playing uh, – Special teams at Virginia Tech, unique situation there. Austin in his seventh season of college football. Not many guys have the perseverance to do that. So check out that that story on the website. And uh, uh, also for a special uh, offer for our podcast listeners, you can get a discount on a one-year subscription for Mike Drago Sports Dot com. Go to the website, click on subscribe, and use the code Mike Drago Pod, all one word, Mike Drago P O D, and you'll get a, a discount for a one year subscription. So check that out today. Use the code, people. Okay, that's it for week nine. We'll be back again next week to talk about the regular season finale. Thank you.